0: So I know we're all missing baseball, and hopefully we won't have to miss baseball for much longer. But regardless of whenever baseball comes back, there is a way to bring baseball into your home, and that is with Dugout Mugs. Uh, Now, Dugout Mugs, believe it or not, it's a company that was started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name Dugout Mugs. And what Dugout Mugs are, they're mugs made out of the barrel of a baseball bat. It's a 12-ounce mug. They're licensed by MLB. You can have your favorite team laser engraved onto a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. It's pretty cool. They're perfect for the big game to put on display, or just they'll make you the life of the party. I mean, you know what can be more fun than a dugout mug? It's a unique gift for a face for a baseball fan for any sort of occasion. So go to dugoutmugs.com/slash/theathletic and use promo code MLB30 mlb 30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. 15. The regular season in our out-of-the-park alternate universe has come to an end, so what do the results mean for a real season that is yet to start? Like Duff and Taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not
1: had the three go throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy. Free. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball 15 on the Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, June 22nd. I'm Al Melkier, and as is the case every Monday, I'm joined here by Derek Van Riper. DVR. We're going to start the way we uh, pretty much always start here, which is with an update uh, on the situation in Major League Baseball. There was supposed to be a a vote uh, by the Players Association on Sunday. That was postponed. Uh, Reportedly, due to the concerns raised by the uh, slew of new uh, COVID cases in Major League Baseball, Bob Nightingale of USA Today reported that MLB uh, has 40 players and staff members that have tested positive for COVID-19 in the past week. And so there may be a new proposal coming out from the uh, from the owners uh, in response to that. And uh, just one more note from this um, Bob Nightingale report that uh, Rob Manfred may just uh, be imposing a 54 to 60 game season within the next few days if an agreement is not reached. So um, I think it's pretty much status quo uh, in terms of how we approach this from a, a fancy perspective DVR. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I just think we're closing in on a known range of games that enables us to move forward with planning strategies for the season. And we do that knowing that it's going to come down to the pandemic and how things with the virus are trending in the weeks and months ahead. If if the season is actually going to start and be completed, it's going to require some things changing for the better in a lot of places. So uh, I think... At least I hope we've moved past the hurdle being the negotiation between the owners and the players and we've kind of reset the focus back toward the pandemic, which has been here the entire time. You know, it just seemed like the spotlight was really on the negotiations for the Mm -hmm. better part of the last three weeks or so.
0: Yeah, no, it's, that, that's a real shift, um, you know, and and rightfully so. Um, I mean, I think even if we hadn't had all these cases reported, uh, certainly the, the health and safety aspect of this has to be worked out. Um, and so there's even more urgency for that uh, now. So, you know, we may... Finally, we keep saying this, but we may finally be coming to some sort of resolution on a 2020 season uh, sometime this week. So we're going to put that to the uh, the side for this uh, episode because we've got a simulated season to talk about. Uh, DVR, you and I have both participated in uh, the the out-of-the-park alternate universe at The Athletic. Uh, Michael Beller has as well, so I'll be talking with him as well this week about his uh, simulated Cubs. You uh, have been running the Padres, and i Looking through teams, tell me if you think there's a different candidate here, but I think uh, your Sim sim Padres were the biggest pleasant surprise in our alternate universe.
1: Yeah, maybe the Royals were the other surprise. I I think the bar for them was even lower than it probably was for San Diego in terms of expectations coming into the season. But um, it it took a, a lot of moves. I mean, I had to trade for bullpen help. In the form of Ken Giles and Corey Canabel, I traded for rotation help by acquiring Trevor Bauer. Uh, I tried to use Mackenzie Gore in the rotation from the jump to begin the season. I was very patient with him, and that didn't work out. Uh, I've had a few injuries I've had to work through, so it's been a grind to to get there. And uh, during the final four games of the regular season, our very last sim, I moved ahead of Nando Defino and took the uh, home wildcard spot in the National League. So I I felt like I did things about as well as I could as far as pushing chips in for this year to get to the playoffs without mortgaging uh, a big part of the future, still have the the core of that minor league system still intact as well if this goes on for a few uh, future seasons.
0: Yeah, I certainly hope it does. It's it's been a blast. Um, I've been running the Astros, uh, who are, were forced into uh, a wild card game with um, Melissa Lockard's A's, and I can just you know I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, Schadenfreude if uh, the the Astros get knocked out in that one game series. <laughs> um, but you know the Padres, yeah, the, your Padres are very interesting. Like you said, you you reinforce the pitching, which already looked to be a strength. Uh, you know, for the real team going into this year, uh, the bullpen. It, you know, as you said, you you reinforced it, and that was probably the strongest part of your roster. But while Mackenzie Gore, as you said, didn't work out, um, Adrian Morahone was arguably one of your your best starting pitchers. So, is there a, a lesson there for us on the fantasy side in terms of Morahone maybe getting overlooked with the likes of Gore and Patino? Um, you know, is, is he somebody who could maybe make more of a, uh, a splash, um either in redraft or dynasty leagues than, than we're expecting?
1: You know, I think there's a chance that he sees big league innings in 2020. Um, he made 16 appearances at double A last season. Uh, I don't think it's a guarantee. So I think he's still a little bit more of a keeper league and, and dynasty league target. And we're talking about leagues that have 20 or more teams where you're probably – keeping at least 10 designated minor leaguers, if not more. But he's a little bit of a forgotten guy because of how loaded that system is. And for a guy who was at AA as a 20-year-old last year especially, I think that's that's the thing that really jumps off the page for me. I mean, he struck out 28.6% of the batters he faced uh, at AA, which uh, is really encouraging. He had a shoulder injury that cut his season short a year ago. In early August, so I think injury concerns are the kind of thing that could eventually bump him into a bullpen role, but I was blown away by how well he pitched in the sim. He had a stretch for his first seven or eight starts. I think his ERA was under two. He basically was doing everything that the most optimistic McKenzie Gore fantasy owner could ever have hoped for. He was doing that after Gore uh, really struggled for me, so he helped kind of dig me out of that hole and, and really propel my team in the second half.
0: Yeah, well, I uh, had a pitcher who performed much, much better than you ever could have uh, imagined. And I'm actually starting this pitcher in the wild card game. <laughs> and uh, But it's not a prospect. It's Ulysses Chassin, who I signed as a free agent in the middle of the season and was actually really good for the Astros. Um, uh, I'll have Justin Verlander in the bullpen, so we'll, we'll see how that works. Um, uh, Verlander will, is on short rest, which is why I'm not going with him. You want to kick the coffee habit, but you're worried about your energy levels. To avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump, you need to make sure you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, just go to drinkhydrant.com slash baseball. That's drinkhydrant.com slash baseball for 25% off your first order. Uh, The Brewers were kind of the opposite of the Padres, a team that uh, I certainly would in in real life expect to be in in the playoff picture and not just an expanded playoff picture. Uh, But they finished in last place in the simulated NL Central. And uh, the offense wasn't really worse than you would expect, but the pitching certainly was. And and I I think that's what you would expect, really, that if something was going to go wrong with the Brewers, it would be the pitching, especially the starting pitching. Uh, Brandon Woodruff had an ERA just over five, but Josh Hader, this is the one that's really, um, I guess, troubling if you're counting on Josh Hader. He had an ERA over nine, uh, you know, over his usual hefty uh, uh, sum of innings for a reliever. Is there anything in that simulation that uh, you know struck you as all somewhat realistic?
1: I'm not sure about the, the hater collapse over a large volume of innings. I'd almost think if he were going to post numbers like that, it would be because of an injury. And, and we'd see a fraction of a season before an IL stint if something like that were to play out. Uh, but I also am wondering if the Brewers are one of those teams that are constructed in a way where year-over-year projections and simulations are going to be lower on them than their range of outcomes typically would reflect, right? So I think part of that is how effectively this team is built to platoon. Part of it is how effectively they manage their bullpen and get starters out of games. And I wonder if uh, Will Salmon, who covers the Brewers and was running them for the sim, if maybe – he had some settings that were set up where the starters were being exposed and going deeper into games than they would actually go in reality. Or if those pitchers just have kind of middling projections and hit the downside of them. But I've been having a lot of problems in a simulation I've been doing with the Brewers in out of the park as well. I'm like five games below 500 of July. It seems like everybody has been hurt or suspended at some point. <laughs> Uh, it's just been a, a total uphill battle all season long. I, I just think there's something about a few of the key players on that roster that the sims don't quite like.
0: Yeah, uh, no, that def- well, definitely is the case in our sim that we're, we're doing together. And uh, uh, you know, the, certainly with the pitching, I mean, you can expect um, or you can you can understand there being variants there, to be sure. I want to focus on a few different hitters who did exceedingly well in the sim, much more uh, than I would have expected. Now on Friday's show, we talked about a couple of pitchers, actually one pitcher, really, Eliezer Hernandez, who was probably the, the biggest surprise on the pitching side. Uh, but David Dahl, um, one of the, the best hitters in the simulation. And again, that's a not a total shock. I mean, he's somebody who, if he stays healthy and hits his upside, you might expect that. He would be uh, one of the top producers. His ADP... On Fancy Pros is 141. Uh, So I want to throw in another factor here, though, DVR, which is that there was a report during spring training that Dahl might be used as the leadoff hitter with Charlie Blackman being moved to the, the middle of the order. So really, there's a couple of different things here in terms of assessing that ADP. I mean, do you think that the ADP is weighting Dahl's upside enough or do you think that the possibility of him being a leadoff hitter maybe negates the the impact of that upside?
1: No, I think he could still be a, a great fantasy player in that leadoff role. I just think it's going to be a, a shift in runs and RBIs that looks a bit different than what we've grown accustomed to. I mean, if you look back at the three seasons now that David Dahl has played games for the Rockies, he's up to 240 career games. He's hit 297 with a 346 OBP. 521 slugging percentage. Those are good career numbers. There's still some work to be done in terms of tempering the whiffs a little bit. He's got a 25.7% career strikeout rate. Uh, But I think he gets on base enough to be a leadoff hitter, and he runs pretty well. He has not been extremely aggressive on the base pass. I think he's 14 for 21 now for his career at the big league level. But I think he can do all the things you want a leadoff hitter to do, I think what would it, it would change is instead of being close to even in runs scored and RBIs, he'd just become one of those guys that in that lineup, you know, prorate maybe a hundred or a hundred and ten runs over a full season down to you know a half or less than half of a season accordingly, and, and just make sure that you're not expecting too much in terms of RBIs leading off because that's a really difficult spot to pile up RBIs as we know from playing this game for so long, but. Uh, I think the interesting thing about Dahl is when you look at projections for this season, projections tend to be pretty optimistic about him. Um, part of that is just that he's missed a lot of time with injuries and projections looking back toward the full season. We're projecting him to stay healthy for a full season and probably get some days off against lefties. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the overwhelming expectation for him. So I'm comfortable buying him at that price. I think. You know, Low 20s home runs is in line with the expectations I had, so obviously you're knocking that down in a shortened season. I think he does give you at least four to six stolen bases in a partial season as well, and I I love the batting average floor. He hasn't hit lower than 273 in the three seasons he's been up. I think in that park especially, uh, he's definitely a candidate to be plus-plus in batting average.
0: Yeah, that's one thing you should definitely be able to count on from David Dahl. Uh, Now, Gavin Lux also uh, on several of the leaderboards in the sim. Uh, his ADP is very similar to Dahl's, which actually kind of surprised me a little bit. He's at 151, so just 10 points, uh, 10 slots down from Dahl. In uh, the very brief time that he played last September with the Dodgers, really good uh, plate discipline, although pretty high strikeout rate. Um, a lot of a lot of line drives, not a ton of power though. Um, so you know, given that they're going in roughly the same spot, who would you rather have if um, if position is not going to be a, a factor there? Dahl or Lux?
1: I think Lux has shown that he might have a slightly higher ceiling but I'm less concerned about David Dahl's playing time. Uh, you think about expanded rosters and that certainly works in Lux's favor, but both of these guys are probably going to be sitting against lefties more than we would like them to because of the depth on on these respective teams. The I mean the Dodgers obviously have more depth than the Rockies. Um, but I think the other differentiating factor here, Dahl maybe being a leadoff guy or at least being in the top half of the order with ease versus Lux probably getting buried in the bottom third of a more loaded Dodgers lineup. So I do like both players, but I think for 2020, I'm more optimistic about Dahl just given where he fits in that lineup in Colorado.
0: Yeah, great point too about the uh, the batting order positions uh, for, for both of them. Uh, one last note really quick here. Uh, hard to miss that. Mike Moustakis was, uh, I think, only four home runs off of the uh, major league lead in the sim, finished with 49 home runs. He has never hit more than 38 in a season. That was in 2017 with the Royals. But, of course, uh, gets uh, Great American Ballpark as a new home venue. So that's a ten- tantalizing uh, possibility to consider that the uh, the sim is uncovered. And one last note on our uh, out-of-the-park sim. Uh, throughout uh, this whole simulation, uh, there have been a number of pieces on the out athletic from uh, people involved with the sim the most recent one is from Melissa Lockard uh, simulating the 2020 A's headed to a wild card date in Houston and yes uh, that is my personal rival Uh, so uh, (laughs) I think she's uh, starting Shaw Mania against my Alicia scene so we can talk about that uh, later in the week but for this Monday episode that's going to be all so for Derek Van Riper I'm Al Melkier and we'll be back here on Tuesday